1: This episode was sponsored by Girls Can Crate, a unique subscription box inspiring girls to believe that they can be and do anything. Real women make the best heroes, and every month they deliver them to your front door. And by Love Letter Past, a monthly subscription service that shares the correspondence of historical couples the way they were originally shared by letter right to your mailbox every month. And by Jill Harrigan, Heather McKinnon, Ellen Gross, Valerie Jacobson, Chantelle Oliver, Jamie Lang, Maria Sanchez, Mandy Booty, Monique Harris-Pixado, Caitlin McTaggart, and Craig Williamson. Thank you so much for being our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Katie. I've got some newsreel footage for you. Ooh, 1895. Yes. Have a listen.
2: Around the
0: World on a Bicycle, The World, New York, October 20th, 1895. Annie Londonderry makes the most extraordinary journey ever undertaken by a woman. A young woman of most astonishing courage and determination has just completed a tour around the world on a bicycle. She went all alone and brings back a practical experience of 15 months in bloomers. In crossing China and Japan, she was shot in the arm by a Chinese bullet on the battlefield of Gasan. Then she was captured by the astonished soldiers and locked up, her fellow prisoners strangled before her eyes. Her trip decided a wager made that no woman could accomplish such a feat.
2: What? <laughs> now what? that's a story. <laughs> wow! <laughs> How have I never heard of this? That, My thoughts exactly.
1: What? I had never heard of Annie Londonderry before reading Peter Zoetland's two books about her. Wow. And Peter Zoetland, when he learned about Annie Londonderry, he was astonished that he and no one else had heard about her either. Yeah. What, uh, what in the world? This is a story of immense proportions. Yeah. So Peter Zoetland, he dug in and... In the era before digitized newspapers, this is a massive undertaking to find news coverage of her as she traveled oh, around boy, the world yeah. and to get it translated into English. Oh, yeah. But as he dug, the story just wasn't adding up.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Did she not really do it?
1: Well... She did. Annie Londonderry in 1895 did indeed circumnavigate the earth with a bicycle.
2: Okay. Keyword with. With. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a story of what did happen and what didn't happen Uh. it's a story about the larger than life character who undertook this whole adventure Mm. and it's gonna be a wild ride
2: i'm katie nelson and i'm olivia mickle and this is what's her name fascinating women you've never heard of Okay,
1: now let me properly introduce Peter Zeutlin.
3: My name is Peter Zeutlin. I'm a lapsed lawyer turned writer.
1: He's the author of a biography of Annie Londonderry called Around the World on Two Wheels. And now a historical fiction novel. My
3: ninth book, but my first novel called called Spin. Spin.
1: That comes out June 1st. Fun. He found Annie Londonderry in a sort of historical accident.
3: That could be a book in itself. My mother in New Jersey received a letter from a complete stranger who was researching the story of this woman he said was, was the first to travel around the world on a bicycle. And he had done some genealogy research. And that led him to believe that my mother might, in fact, be a distant relative. Being a neurotic Jewish, my m- mother, my m- she assumed immediately that she was being shaken down. <laughs> but it was clear from the letter that he had found the right family.
1: She's his great aunt.
3: But we knew nothing about the story. My mother never heard anything about this woman. And that led to a f- four-year odyssey, where I gradually was able to sort of, I felt like an archaeologist, you know, with one of those little brushes, uh, dusting off these remnants that I was finding about her. Um, But it it just seemed like it was such an outlandish story. The outlines of it were so outlandish. A Jewish mother of three kids in Boston leaves for 15 months to go around the world on a bicycle. It was so outlandish and outrageous. I thought, why, why did nobody know this story? What made it complicated was that she turned out to be such an unreliable witness to the events of her own life that she wasn't, in effect, writing historical fiction in real time. And there came a point in my research when things weren't adding up. I thought I was undertaking an effort to document the travels of the first woman to go around the world on a bicycle. But the timeline wasn't adding up. Her own stories weren't adding up, and if, and I began to doubt that she really had any purchase on that title. First I was disappointed, but the more I thought about it, I said, you know, this is really a more interesting character than I even thought. Here was a woman who was sensationalizing her own story, making it up as she went along, telling all kinds of tall tales about where she'd been, who she'd met, uh, about her previous life. and I just thought this is a more interesting character. So a lot of what I tried to do initially was to tease out fact from fiction. You know, how much of her own story was true and how much wasn't.
1: And here's what Annie's story has got me thinking about for the past month. How much does the truth
2: matter? Hmm, much less than a good story. (laughs) <laughs> the good story <laughs> is supreme. So what if you're really
1: good at the good story <laughs> and you're giving people what they want? You're spinning a fantastic yarn. <laughs> spinning. Who cares if it really happened or didn't really happen? <laughs> I don't know. And what if making mountains out of molehills is great? Yeah.
3: She had made a trip around the world. She was gone for 15 months. She rode thousands of miles on this bicycle, you know, in an age when this was absolutely unfathomable for a woman to do this.
1: And there's tons of newspaper coverage. Some of the best <laughs> bits we're going to hear today. Yay!
3: All over the world. And I have to tell you, I've I collected, I mean, I don't know, well over a thousand newspaper articles from the United States to China, Vietnam, Japan, you name it. About her, she became quite a celebrity.
1: We get a woman from the heart of the Gilded Age. Mm.
3: What would have motivated a woman of that era and, and what was in her DNA, so to speak, that would allow someone to step so far over the line of acceptable behavior for not only a woman, but a married woman and a mother on top of that?
1: She really brings vividly to life. How complex it is to be a human being in a particular culture on planet Earth. Cool. So, let's set off on this adventure together. Like any good 19th century American story, it begins with immigration.
3: Awesome. So, she was born Annie Cohen, common Jewish name. You can look at all the official records of her life, you know, immigration papers, birth certificates for her children, her death certificate, and get a completely inconsistent story about exactly when she was born, or even where she was born. But I know she was born near Riga, Latvia. She came here at the age of five with her family, uh, two siblings and her parents, and they came through New York, but they settled in Boston in a community called the Old West End. For people familiar with Boston, It's where Mass General Hospital is. So she was living in one of the most diverse neighborhoods in America as a child. The Irish, the Poles, the Italians, African-Americans, Jewish immigrants. It was a real melting pot in the West End. It's the kind of place that would have ignited the imagination of a curious young woman about what exists beyond the Charles River. You know, these people have come from all over the world. They speak different languages. They make different food. She was married young. She was a teenager. It was an arranged marriage and almost immediately started having children. So that by the age of 23, she already had three children.
1: She's living in an Orthodox Jewish household Mm. in a very global city in the heart of the American cult of domesticity. Oh, boy. And she is facing the harsh reality that she is not domestic. (laughs) She's not even... Maternal. She mm. does not enjoy
3: this life. Mm. She worked outside the home, which was also somewhat unusual for a woman uh, of that era, especially a mother, working on commission selling advertising for Boston newspapers.
1: And perhaps that's where it all started. She had a talent for selling stories, she knew what people wanted.
2: Mm.
3: Now, the origins of this trip are kind of murky. It was reported everywhere that the genesis lay in a wager between two Boston merchants, wealthy men, who were debating the question of women's equality, which was a big issue in those days. And only a man had ever circumnavigated the globe by bicycle. So the story goes that these two men wagered whether a woman could succeed in such a feat, and they laid out certain conditions. The trip had to be made in 15 months. She had to get the signatures of American diplomats in certain cities to prove she'd been there. Now, how was she selected to make this trip. She'd never ridden a bicycle in her life. She's taken care of three small children. She's got an Orthodox Jewish husband who's a peddler, basically. They're not people of means. She gets selected by dint of her, just her kind of grit and uh, somewhat outrageous personality. And that's what sets her in motion.
1: and June 25th, 1894, there's a grand
3: send. this is Massachusetts State Capitol. About 500 spectators are there. The representative from Columbia Bicycle wheels this brand new, beautiful women's frame Columbia Bicycle up. And there are a couple of speeches made. And she sails off like a kite down Beacon Street, the way one newspaper described it. And she doesn't come back for 15 months. She was equipped with change of clothes, some maps, and she had one other thing she carried with her, a pearl-handled revolver, which was really for show. She had, she had less experience with guns than she did with a bicycle. So she was really, what she was doing was she was creating a character.
1: From Beacon Street, like a kite, she's headed westward toward Chicago. And it was horrible. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, one thing I think <laughs> learn how to ride a bike before you decide to commit to going around the world on one would well, be one lesson because she she literally had no experience other than three lessons at a riding academy.
1: Three months later, she stumbles into Chicago. Oh no. She's totally defeated. And she announces publicly she gives up. Oh. It's too hard, she says. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally feel this. you got the big dreams and then you're just like, never mind. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and when we think of bicycles, these are not what we think of when we think of someone bicycling around the world. Like, they don't have gears. They don't yes. have padded seats. They don't. Yeah. I mean, these are exhausting right. modes of transportation. <laughs> There's no
1: shocks. And th- it is a single gear bike. Yeah. It's 42 pounds. Oh. And it's a ladies' bike. So she can sit on it with, you know, proper ladylikeness. Oh, but great. as far as like ergonomics go, that's horrible. Yeah. It's a horrible design. <laughs> she has to accommodate her heavy skirts. She's wearing a corset. <laughs> she can't ever take a deep breath. Wow. <laughs> and everybody's like, see, a woman just can't do it. Yep. We knew it. I knew she wouldn't get very far.
2: Well, she better be careful or her uterus might fall out.
1: Exactly. But in Chicago, she meets the folks at Sterling Bicycle Works. And this is a new company that designs quality bicycles. Their motto is built like a watch. Hmm. And they say to her, you know, has it occurred to you at all that uh, the difficulties you've encountered might be solved by riding a men's bike. (laughs) Perhaps abandoning the corset and the skirts (laughs) would help. And we could even provide you with a bike that is half the weight of the bike you currently have with the correct proportions and engineering. It could be the bike that is the problem (laughs) and not you. (laughs) Wow. And just like that, the wager is back on. (laughs) Annie unveils her new sterling bicycle. It's ivory with gold trim. Ooh. Uh, It has no (laughs) brake. As she goes, she loves to give demonstrations of how she uses her foot to (laughs) brake. And she's wearing new cycling garb bloomers, no skirts. (gasps) corsets be gone (gasps) this is a new woman who refuses to give up
2: and who is absolutely gonna get a lot of newspaper coverage just for that outfit exactly
3: Yeah, she called herself a new woman, which was a very commonly used phrase in those days in the 1890s to, to describe women who were agitating for equality or independence and working outside the home. The 1890s was the height of what was called the bicycle boom in the United States and in Europe. Millions of people were spending their money on bicycles. There was also a, a growing public fascination with the world at large. The 18 late 1800s was a an era of globalization. You know, steamships could now take you from New York to France in less than a week. The telegraph traveled around the world in a matter of minutes instead of days or weeks. And as a result, people became interested in the foreign travels of other people. It was a way of vicariously experiencing the world. So she was able to seize on that. Um, And she seized on the women's movement. The confluence of all three of these can be seen in her story. She was so clever in exploiting all three of them to build her fame.
1: If she's going to make it in the 15 months, Hmm. she's way behind. But she's not going to give up. She's going to try. And given the weather, she opted, instead of going west like she was going at first, she's going to go east. So she's going to go back to the East Coast. She's going to go back to New York City. She's going to take a steamer to France
3: She was required by the terms of the wager to earn $5,000 en route and not to accept anything for free, including lodging or anything. One of the things she really was innovative about, and to my knowledge, the first woman ever to do this, to accept corporate sponsorship. Her first sponsor actually gave her the name under which she became famous. It was the Londonderry Lithia Spring Water Company of New Hampshire. They paid her $100 to hang an advertising placard on the bike. And she rode under that name, Annie Londonderry. I think that served a couple of purposes. One, it served a commercial purpose for her, obviously. But it also obscured the fact that she was Jewish. Going by Annie Londonderry obscured that. And it also, obviously, has kind of a ring to it. And that's the name under which she became world famous. She must not
0: beg a cent and makes enough money to pay for her board by selling little souvenir brownie pins. She has never had to sleep out of doors except once when she was dead broke and slept at the cemetery in Amboy. Sleeping in barns, haystacks, and under rail fences was a common occurrence, and the raiding of orchards and farms was necessary to sustain life and strength for Miss Londonderry.
3: She sold advertising space. She would rent space on her arm for $100 for a ribbon advertising bicycle tires, or a perfume maker would pay to have her stitch an advertisement on the thigh of her bloomers. So she made a lot of money. I mean, she had a background in advertising, and that's she put that to work. She, she literally became a mobile billboard. The cyclist was introduced
0: as Miss Londonderry, And one would have known at a considerable distance that she hailed from the land of stars and stripes. She had a high old time. Her photographs were bought for 200 francs apiece. Smith's soap and Joan's pills were labeled all over the bicycle at 25 cents a spoke. She sampled somebody's milk, gave a certificate of its excellence, and pocketed 200 francs. And she received a hero's welcome everywhere. But we fancy she exaggerates. Some women do.
3: She was so creative in conversation with reporters and able to sum up and make dramatic stories and mountains out of molehills, you know. She would take small incidents on the road and the next thing you knew, she was always just barely one step ahead of death. She always had these stories to tell. Some of the most colorful episodes, as reported in newspapers at the time, were completely fanciful. Because she made them up. She didn't run away to join the circus. She became the circus.
2: Let's pause for a moment to thank our sponsors. Girls Can Crate is awesome. And I know some parents are like us, staring into that yawning, empty chasm of summer, realizing (laughs) we've got to find something new for our children to do. (laughs) That's where Girls Can Crate is a lifesaver. Every month, they'll deliver a brand new real-life Shiro to your front door, introducing kids to a fascinating woman who changed the world, complete with a gorgeous 28-page activity book, all the materials for two to three STEAM activities, like experiments, art projects.
1: For busy families, they have digital subscriptions and mini crates, too. Check them out now at C-R-A-T-E, dot com and use the coupon code HERNAME all one word, to get 20% off your first month's crate.
0: To a reporter here who inquired if there were any danger of her falling in love with some handsome cyclist and abandoning her venture, Miss Londonderry pleasantly replied that she was too intent on gaining the distinction of being the only lady rider who had ever encircled the earth on a wheel to entertain any marriage propositions.
3: Her, her granddaughter Mary said something interesting to me. She, you know, she my grandmother was a feminist in the sense that she very much believed in her own and any woman's Uh, right to create her own destiny or to fulfill her own destiny.
1: The French loved her. (laughs) In Paris, she was an instant celebrity. She gave lectures, but she'd give them in English. Um, I love it. She said that by the terms of the wager, she's not allowed to speak French, even though she says she speaks fluent French. She says she speaks six (laughs) languages fluently. (laughs) But she's not allowed to speak them by the terms of the (laughs) way. Oh, man. And everybody's gathered around. Nobody understands. And so she says that just every once in a while, she would just shout, Viva la France! (laughs) And everyone would cheer. (laughs) And she said, I found out what they liked, and I gave them plenty of it. Uh. (laughs) And that's going to be her M.O., for the rest of the journey, what do these people want to see in here? Hmm. She's a performer. <laughs> she's a storyteller. She's an attraction.
2: She's a genius, <laughs> is what she is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she's not at all hung up on the truth.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, that's the circus isn't about truth.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's about the experience.
2: Yeah, it's I about mean, it, the awe. <laughs> if the magician comes out and goes, and now. I'm going to pretend to cut this woman in half. You know, no, yeah, that's not what we're here for. Good point.
4: When she left for Marseille, Parisians didn't hesitate to warn her. You will be poorly welcomed in the South, they said. It was with a childlike joy that Miss Londonderry declared that the Parisians were bad prophets. She has never experienced such sincere warmth and respectful kindness as that which surrounds her in our city.
3: She often attracted escorts, you know, people who wanted to share some of the miles with her. And there's one account that was written in French by one of the riders who joined her for a fairly long stretch through France and in pretty tough weather. It was winter. And she had injured her leg at this point And you know, was riding on a tandem behind this gentleman and somebody else was riding her bike. The writer's descriptions of her and her flamboyance and her gaiety, you know, she would laugh and she would sing and she just kept everybody entertained and motivated as they rode these snowy, cold hills in central France. All
1: along her journey, Peter Zoidlin has uncovered through the newspaper trail all the different claims she made about herself. She (laughs) she was sometimes a Harvard medical student. (laughs) She was sometimes a lawyer. She was an orphan. She was also a wealthy heiress.
2: Mm. (laughs) She was an
1: accountant she was the founder of a newspaper okay. and then she sold the newspaper for a like a million and then she just went on this journey she was a journalist <laughs> um she never let on that she was a married jewish mother with three children
2: yeah
3: her clothing underwent a complete evolution as she rode starting in long skirts a, you know of course the whole formal attire victorian attire Graduates to bloomers, and eventually she's wearing a man's riding suit.
4: Thousands turned out by the docks to bid her farewell. The throng resembled a huge swarm of ants. The Souffre Pier was equally invaded. Along the quay, privileged hundreds came to make their goodbyes to the intrepid Miss Londonderry.
0: Any Londonderry's proposed route will take her from Bordeaux southward through Italy and Greece and on to Constantinople, thence by steamer to Bombay, riding across India to Calcutta, by steamer to Japan, riding through that country and taking the steamer to San Francisco.
1: That's not exactly what happened. (laughs) (laughs) She got on a steamship in Marseille. And she did not get off again for any significant journey until probably San Francisco.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What? She skipped like a stone all the way from Marseille pretty much to Japan. So she was doing very little riding. She was covering a lot of ground or water for a woman who was ostensibly riding around the world on a bicycle.
1: Boy, could she tell a tale as she went. (laughs) And as you say, Olivia... She's really a genius. She acted as her own press agent from the ship, and she would telegraph ahead each port to notify the city that the famous Annie Londonderry was going to be arriving. (laughs) And she gave the impression she's a huge deal. She would mention her send-off in Mm Marseille, and she would talk about how they had a brass band and a crowd of 50,000 people (laughs) cheering.
2: (laughs) So, of course, the Newport also wants to have a yeah. brass band and a crowd of people right, cheering. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh man, she's a big deal. <laughs> wow. Brilliant.
3: But to give you an idea of how much she would freelance with her own story, she arrives in San Francisco like seven weeks after leaving Marseille, <laughs> ostensibly having ridden across Asia. <laughs> She tells all these stories about hunting the Bengal tiger in the company of royalty in India. She says
0: the native princes prefer to hunt in the nighttime, which may be better understood when we consider the fatal heat of the day. The hunting is on elephant back, while the natives shoe up the tiger in his lair. Mr. Tiger can make a break in all but one direction, and his cerulean optics are like balls of fire. They make a daisy target for Winchesters from elephant back. Once in a while, Mr. Tiger is only wounded. Then he is just too mad for anything. He jumps right up on the elephant's prehensile ear and starts to chewing, so there is a grand rush to shoot or spear the beast immediately.
3: You know, being attacked by natives in China who thought she was a Martian or some kind of mysterious spirit.
0: The gentle Asiatic natives seemed bent on sticking their knives into her tires. She was just as bent on them not doing anything of the kind. She wore her bike around her neck like an opera scarf when not riding it and kept her hand close to her gun.
1: Then on to Sri Lanka, Singapore, Saigon... Now, Saigon is a French colony, Mm. and they love her as much as they did in France. (laughs) Delightful news coverage from Saigon.
4: Miss Londonderry is in the process of proving to the whole world that the American race is the most tenacious and strong-headed of the universe. And furthermore, that women are able to sum up the courage and energy that very few men would be able to match.
3: All kinds of fanciful stories about being captured. China and Japan were winding down a war at that time over Korea. She makes up all this stuff about going to the war front and being captured and thrown in a prison.
0: That same day, she was captured by the Japanese and thrown into a cell, left without food for three days. There was no protection from the bitter cold, and Mr. Moffat, her companion, died. Miss Lundendary reports that a Japanese soldier dragged a Chinese prisoner up to her cell and killed him before her eyes, drinking his blood while the muscles were yet quivering.
1: (laughs) Wow. None of that happened
2: To <laughs> <laughs> even go to china N- no i well, don't think so <laughs> amazing
3: none of it was true but she lays out this incredible story that is reprinted in its entirety in one of the major san francisco newspapers
0: before leaving japan she took a bicycle run up to Siberia and saw the prisoners working in the mines. She saw one string of 40 prisoners arrive, having walked 1,400 Russian miles.
3: If you picked up the other paper the same day, she just admits to taking the boat. (laughs) So (laughs) she, she, she actually didn't seemed to care that much or worry very much about whether people were trying to match up her story. Now, eventually this catches up to her. There's some skeptics start to uh, emerge and she starts to, you know, take some flack from some newspapers in some cities while others rally to her defense. I don't think she really cared much. Uh, one way or the other, what mattered was that she was getting the ink. She was building her fame and her fortune, which is what I think she was really all about.
0: Miss Annie Londonderry as an attraction is hardly a success. It is certainly bringing down the level of legitimate touring when one sees a woman working her war and so far degrading herself as to be put on exhibit, dressed in a fancy costume with advertisements all over her dress, Glib and vulgar is Annie Londonderry. Her aim is to be notorious. If she succeeds, she is to receive the purse of the wager that prompted the journey, and another victory will be scored for the new woman. Here at The Bearings, the preeminent cycling magazine, We have always been opposed to anything of this kind. We do not see how any self-respecting woman can so far forget herself as to appear before an audience to race. The spectacle of females straining every muscle, perspiring at every pore and bent over their handlebars in a weak imitation of their brothers is enough to disgust even the most enthusiastic of wheelmen. Annie Londonderry is a good rider and a plucky young woman. Nothing less than the earth suits her for her course. If she does not succeed in her undertaking, it will not be on account of any fault of hers.
1: And then? She lands once again in America on a steamship in San Francisco. And this is an interesting overlap because this is the era of Chinese immigration to Angel Island that mm, we talked yeah. about in our How do episode. Right. Annie Londonderry came in on an immigrant ship. Mmm. So now she's going to crisscross the American West on her way to Chicago. And on a map, it makes no sense.
3: And she takes a very circuitous route. And I mean that in the sense of not direct
2: Yeah, um, where do the railroads go? (laughs) Very insightful, Olivia. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) That's
1: what I figured. (laughs) I mean, she did cycle some long stretches. And we know that because she had companions, cycling clubs that were biking with her. But yeah, I think she took a train when it was (laughs) (laughs) convenient. Right. (laughs) In El Paso, Texas, she met with the warmest welcome since Marseille. And her, her lecture there turned out to be a major news story. Not so much because of her, though, but because of who was in the audience. Hmm. A very famous man by the name of John, John Wesley
3: Harden, one of the most notorious outlaws of the Old West. He killed dozens of men, but later in his life had become a lawyer. Oh. Uh, he had on-the-job training
1: now john wesley harden is in love with a married woman and he wants to murder her husband (laughs) (laughs) but he needs a good alibi wow
3: and on a night in july of 1895 he he had his lover's husband murdered
1: he hires only the best
3: four men that harden has hired all law enforcement officers where was he he was at the lecture being given by Annie Londonderry, the the woman going around the world on a bicycle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like another tall tale. (laughs) It was all over the news. This notorious outlaw in the front row at Annie (laughs) Londonderry's lecture. (laughs) But this one was true. (laughs) A real brush with fame and danger. (laughs) Uh, But she just cycled along, cycled on her way. We actually have no idea how she felt about it. When she rolled into Chicago three weeks early, she had won the wager. $10,000, she said, plus all the money she made along the way.
0: Chicago, September 12th, 1895. Today, Miss Londonderry laid her wheel down at the Wellington Hotel with a thankful sigh. Mrs. Kopchowski, her real name, looked far from feeling well as she claimed to be. In fact, she looked like a sick woman. Her arm was broken and bound in a sling, and the last 300 miles were ridden with it in that condition.
1: It's kind of sadly anticlimactic. Wow. <laughs> there's no parade. There's no celebration. <laughs> uh. And she's, she's really broken down. But she did it, mm-hmm. What next?
3: In an interesting postscript to her bicycle trip.
1: The New York World said, she hey, she this lady can tell a story.
3: <laughs> world, sort of girl stunt reporter, as they would have called her, and wrote a series of hyperbolic feature stories. And some of them were bylined, The New Woman.
1: She also returned to Boston to her husband and family. Uh and had one more child but what? she must have regaled her children and her neighbors with stories of her adventures to the very end wow it got me thinking what if your mother was an unreliable narrator mm. a totally unbelievable witness to life reminds me of one of your favorite movies i was going to say it's big fish yeah and is that a blessing or a curse? It's a blessing to everybody except their children. <laughs> yeah. We know that stories are powerful. I I personally feel like stories are the most powerful force in human history. Mm. But their relation to the truth is important. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it's complicated. Yeah. Oh, and I think it's very easy to enjoy the story and to go, the story is the most important in retrospect, right? Like I can look back and go, oh, this is uh-huh. all delightful and the stories from the past. But yeah, in the moment when they're actually affecting people and actually mm-hmm. affecting you, the truth is a lot more important if, if it's going to derail your life. But philosophically,
1: psychologically speaking, I've also read some really interesting essays, Elaine de Botton's essay about how we engage with life.
2: Mm.
1: He talks about how there are those who can make much of little, (laughs) and there are those who make little of much Mm. in life. And that maybe it's a gift to be able to take little scraps, you know, if life hands you nothing. Yeah can you take the scraps that you have and turn it into something big and hmm. meaningful life didn't hand her wealth or fame it didn't hand her power opportunity yeah. and yet she turned it into yeah. world fame she took <laughs> she took nothing and she made herself and her life into this incredible adventure just through her sheer Chutzpah. Yeah.
3: what combination of genetics and environment, what has to come together to create someone who's so willing and able to defy all the conventional norms of her time i I don't know if she even knew i mean it it's it, you know this is probably if she were alive today. You know, you sometimes wonder, would would there be a diagnosis, (laughs) actually? How much was she aware of who she really was, as opposed to the character she had created? Yeah, she's, um, it'd be very hard to sort of say in a sentence or two, who was Annie Cohen?
1: Maybe this is why none of us have ever heard of her, Hmm. and why... Peter Zoitland had to dig so deep to uncover her story, even in his own family. Yeah. But I, it it feels like she's such an interesting human. Yeah. Who is Annie Londonderry? I don't know. Do any of us even know where our character ends yeah, and where all, our true self
2: begins? We're all creating our personas all the time, right?
1: Yeah. I really like the idea that we all are creating ourselves even if we don't think we are we are so we might as well do it consciously yeah make ourselves the whatever self we want to be
2: yeah
3: no matter how happy we are in life we i think we all have these fantasies about another life we're only given one and there may be variety within it and we may have chapters but we all dream about really breaking free, you know? Like if you picture a hot air balloon, what is it like to cut the final tether and sail off? And she, that's what she did. She cut the final tether on that balloon and took off. I mean, who, who doesn't have that fantasy? You know, it, it seems trite. You know, everybody says this is graduation speeches about you know trying to fulfill your dreams. It's not so easy. You know, the real, the real world is out there. But I do think at least once in life, in some part of your life when you can, when you have a chance, do it for a while. I adore her. I mean, I've lived with her now in my head for almost 30 years. To me, she's just this charming, eclectic, Character Flawed, absolutely flawed. Her real accomplishment, in my mind, wasn't that she made this trip around the world riding thousands of miles on a bicycle, but that she went from complete anonymity, from a life that she did not like, to global sensation over the course of 15 months. By dint of her own creative mind, her own outrageousness, her own flair. Um, she, she was a, essentially the Barnum & Bailey circus distilled down to one woman on a bicycle. Charming because she colored outside the line so brightly.
1: Special thanks to Peter Zoitlin for bringing us the story of Annie Londonderry. You can find his two books, one biography and one historical fiction novel, on our website whatshernamepodcast.com. We link you to bookshop.org, which supports both the podcast and independent bookstores. Would you like to travel with What's Her Name? We are taking our first ever What's Her Name tour, The Lost Women of England, in September of this year. You can find out more, look at the itinerary, and sign up on our website, what'shernamepodcast.com. Just click on Tours. Music for this episode was provided by... Jockers Dance Orchestra, Harry Fishpie, The Columbians, The Mind Orchestra, Ves L. Osman, and James Scott. Our theme song was composed by Daniel Foster Smith. You can find links to all this music, most of which is freely downloadable, again on our website. You can also find a playlist on Spotify, the What's Her Name soundtrack, that supports all the musicians who share their talents for a good cause. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where we post all kinds of additional content each week. You can become a sponsor for as little as a buck a month on Patreon to help make more episodes happen. We truly couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. This is the final episode of Season 10. We'll be taking a short break, but trust me, we will be back with Season 11 starting June 28th. Now's the time to start listening to all the episodes in our back catalogue. Check out our Etsy shop where Olivia has all kinds of subversive cross-stitch patterns, including a cross-stitch pattern for every single What's-Her-Name woman. And you can also get trading cards, which will help you remember what you've learned on this podcast and spread the love. Thank you to all of our listeners for sharing this podcast with others. Word of mouth is the only way that we have grown. We are so
2: grateful. Thank you for donating. Thanks for listening. Registration is now open on What's Your Name's Yucatan Tour 2024. Join us in Mexico as we walk in the footsteps of Zazel Ha, learn traditional Mayan cooking, tour Mayan ruins, snorkel with sea turtles, and so many more off-the-beaten-track adventures with our wonderful little band of kindred spirits. Spots are going fast, so sign up now on our website at com. We can't wait to see you there.